Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm once again joined this evening by Chris and John. Hello guys. Hi Craig, hi John. Hi Craig, hi Chris, how you doing? I'm good. Champion. Oh, oh. oh. started already. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> Uh, it's good to have you back again, second week in a row. Aye, it's good. Back by popular demand. Uh, so in this week's podcast, we'll be discussing the, the SPL games of the weekend. We'll, we'll let Chris focus on the, the clinching of the title by his team Celtic. We'll discuss the Paul band. And for the second week in a row, we've got some more good news about that. We'll cover that later. And there's no SPL games coming up next weekend because it's a Scottish Cup semi-finals. So we'll cover both those games. We'll preview those and make our predictions and see how we get on. So, well, may as well start off with the, the first game of the weekend, which was Kilmarnock against Celtic. Celtic just needed one point from the game to clinch their first title in four years. And to be honest, they've done the job emphatically. Uh, I can't remember when they scored, but it was within the first 10 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was the seventh minute. Seventh minute, and then a, a, a brilliant way of winning the league. It reminded me a bit of when Rangers won the league, uh, how there was the tension before the game, and then almost as soon as from kick-off, it was just so so calm. Uh, I think the, the relief on Lennon's face as the first goal went in was... Well, it would have been pleasing for a Celtic fan anyway. So did, <laughs> were you at the game, Chris? I was, yeah, yeah. It was just quite funny actually because at the the previous game down there, the three H game, I'd been at the opposite end from all six goals. Right. So of course this time I was thinking I might get to see a goal, and then uh, I was at the opposite end for the uh, where Celtic were shooting in the first half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was another four goals went in before I saw one at my end. Yeah, yeah. It but, was I good. mean, it was it was just emphatic. I mean, that's probably the best Celtic have played certainly in the last month and a half, possibly all season. They just came flying out the box. Um, to be fair, I think uh, Kenny Shields had said after the match he thought that uh, his team looked a bit intimidated due to the, the business decision to give the Celtic fans three of the four stands, which were chock-a-full, just uh, it wasn't a, an empty seat, to be fair. Uh, and I can understand that because like, we made one hell of a noise. Yeah, I can... And you don't expect that when you're at home. I like how you how you use the term the business decision because, cause yeah, it does bring in that extra money. But, but yeah, it's, it's almost like turning into a second home and, and maybe that wee bit extra because away fans are, are always a bit more boisterous, well, especially in that situation when the, the league title's up for grabs. But yeah, I, Kelly, I don't know, they just don't seem to be able to handle the, the pressure that it brings. As, as I mentioned, I don't want really to go on too much about Rangers last season, but... Uh, the same thing happened there. They just crumbled when Kelly has shown the week before that they can beat Celtic. Yeah, uh, well, you're, you're spot on. I mean, that that's the odd thing is, uh, although we had the three stands at Kilmarnock, it was it wasn't exactly all that different than Hamden last month for the the League Cup final because three quarters of the stadium was full of Celtic fans. But I think there's there's definitely a difference between the number of Celtic fans that were in Hamden who were quite quiet mm-hmm. comparatively and the uh, three stands of Celtic fans we had on Sunday, uh, sorry, Saturday there and they were just noisy for even, I was going to say minute one but they were noisy before kick-off. So. Yeah, Mulgrew put in another very good performance. He was outstanding. Well, Absolutely well, outstanding. Two goals, I particularly liked his second goal when he went out wide and, and cut it inside and just decided to go himself. It reminded me a bit of Chris Commons, to be honest. It's the kind of thing that he, he used to be very good at. Reminded me of Alan Thompson, actually. I remember Alan Thompson scoring a kind of similar goal against Rangers. Uh, Fun enough, he's another left-footed player. And that was Charlie Mulgrew's right foot, just as it had been Alan Thompson's in that game against Rangers. But it was, I was uh, hearing that uh, Charlie Mulgrew, after the game, was disappointed he'd never get his hat-trick. That's and it was it. only after the game that I realised, if he had he got his hat-trick, Scoring the third goal with his regular left foot, he'd have had the perfect hat trick. Because well, you know, they scored one with his head and one with his right foot. Well, they, they mentioned that during the, uh, at the end of the game how it was a potential for a perfect hat trick, but Mulgrew said that the, it actually came off his nose <laughs> for the first goal. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a nose for a goal. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, 
That was bad. Cut that one out. Cut edit. No, the magic button doesn't edit things like that. You just need to accept it. Um, Did did either of you watch sports scene or did you just watch the highlights on... uh, Well, obviously, Chris, you were at the game, but did you watch sports scene at all? I did. I watched sports scene after it, yeah. uh, I I mean, Mulgrew, he's obviously had a great season, but uh, Pat Devon said he is world-class. Oh, yeah. And I think think, think that was taking it a bit too far. He's a good player. I think he's been... (laughs) He's been brilliant this year for Celtic, I think most folk would say, but to, to describe as world-class, I think that was a bit over the top from Pat Devon. Yeah, uh, especially he's, he's he's had one really good season. Uh, he's He was good at Aberdeen, but, but yeah, one season doesn't make you world-class. No, I, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, he's a good player, and I think or Saturday there was a fantastic game for him because it wasn't just the two goals he got the the other two goals in the first half were crosses for him but the the second cross especially was an absolute cracker they just kind of dropped it right in Hooper's foot was that for the, the fourth goal yeah when it kind of floated above and I don't know I felt maybe Cammy Bell should have come out and, and got it there was a weird loop on it I thought it was almost as if it looked it came down at quite an angle mm-hmm. so that it was almost it was too high for Cammy Bell at any decent point, and it's it just, literally just dropped on Gary Hooper's foot, and he fired it in the roof of the net. Yeah, it's interesting see to see uh, uh, the Leuvens when he ended up throwing goal, pretty much. <laughs> Is but a long busting break up the park? I don't know whereabouts was he playing in the park because I don't know why he managed to find himself in the situation to score the header for the goal, and then why did he manage to get through on goal basically? Well, the, the goal he got was, uh, it wasn't immediately from a corner, but there was a, a corner that kind of broke out the box and then the defenders kind of stayed up because we still had possession. Right, right, OK. Which is why he was there for the, the goal he got, but yeah. I have no idea what he was doing for the, the, the break up the park. It's just like he was the quickest man in the park at one point. Yeah, uh, it was just it was just maybe too far for him to go, really. And, well, he's not a striker, is he? Although, was it Ledley? Managed to do a beautiful wee chip over Cammy Bell. I got a text message from my dad after he scored that, and my dad was convinced was, was trying to convince me it was like Lionel Messi, <laughs> and I can kind of see his point. I wouldn't say that Joe Ledley is Lionel Messi, but it's it's pretty much Messi's trademark goal. Yeah. Is that we dink over the goalkeeper, <laughs> and it wasn't just that; it was the wee flick from um, Philip Twardzik as well. Yep, yep. Just before it, they got Ledley the ball, and that was just that was. You wouldn't know that that was he was like a nineteen year old boy yeah. for that flick. See, I was. Which one was it? It was the, for the... This, no, which uh, Swardick? Because there's two of them, isn't there? Yeah, there's... Uh, oh, the, the, it was Philip Twardzik that came on. Uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Because it was him and Commons that set up Ledley's goal, wasn't it? Like, yeah. There was a wee bit of interchange at the yeah. edge of the box. It was a, it was a lovely goal. It was lovely. Yeah. That, that was probably my favourite goal in the lot. It's just the, the skill it took was phenomenal. And then, of course, there was a really rare occasion. The, the, the sixth goal, Gary Hooper scored a goal from outside of the box. Which apparently is his first one for Celtic. Every goal before that's been inside the box. It just looked a wee bit awkward as he took it because it, it looked naturally to be on his left foot and he decided to go with his right. And uh, the lead up to the goal was awkward, but the actual execution was, was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, well, it wasn't even the most awkward looking uh, strikers goal of the, the weekend, to be honest. We'll come to the, the, the Aberdeen goal later. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, we will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I well looking at the the predictions, I'd went two 0 Celtic. John, you went two 0 and Chris, you went two one. So Chris went two one in every game last week. I think <laughs> it did. So, it did, yeah. And I'm, I'm fairly sure the only two one is the one I got the wrong way round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I went two 0 for all of them as well, and I decided to put a wee bet on nothing major. I think it was a a ten pence lucky sixty three. Uh no. None of them came up. I think I got a bit too smug after my two weeks prior where I was getting them, them correct left, right and centre. That's like, you blew it by putting money on it. As soon as you put money on it, that's you, you know, stuffed. That always happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> so the next game up... Uh, oh, just before we finish oh, on the, the Celtic one, I have a few stats for this one. All right, good. The biggest uh, away win in the SPL this season. It's Celtic's biggest away win since they beat Dunfermline 8-1 which is currently the SPL away record. Um, it's only the third time Celtic have ever scored six goals at Rugby Park. The other two being 1907 and the last time was 1968. It's the second fastest time the SPL has been won in history, by a day. <laughs> it was uh, April 7th, 
on Saturday there, and the record's actually April 6th, which was also Celtic in 2006. Right. Uh, it's not the fastest uh, it's been done in the number of games, though, because that was game 33, and Celtic have done it in game 32, fun enough, at Rugby Park. <laughs> so you've plenty of stats up your sleeve, Chris. Oh, it's just too many for that must game. That must be a big sleeve you've got, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I was a wizard sleeve. <laughs> 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 some folk will get that some folk won't yep um, <laughs> I should say a lot of that comes from magic the... button magic button <laughs> I should say a lot of those stats come from SPL stats on Twitter that's oh. fantastic and uh, I almost felt sorry asking him when the last time we scored six at Rugby Park was because he's a Kamarlant fan oh he's, he's got so many stats he's just I don't know he just seems to spend all day every day just working out these stats Aye, oh, it's brilliant! It's absolutely fantastic, and the abuse he gets of the Celtic Rangers fans for being the opposite of whatever one they support is just ridiculous. Oh, he's yeah. a Kamarnock fan, and he, at no point is he hidden that he's a Kamarnock fan. Yeah. So moving on, the the next game up is Aberdeen against Dundee United, uh, which finished three one, and this was Aberdeen's first victory since the twenty eighth of January when they beat Dunfermline, and Dundee United had won six games in a row prior to this six SPL games, so it's a it's a shock for most people anyway, although well John you'd went for a draw. I was gonna say maybe you were a bit more confident, but you'd only went for a one one draw in this one. Ah but you know me, I, I cannot bring myself to predict that Aberdeen or lose. I think is it I think we did we do the SPL predictor and I've only had Aberdeen to lose once this season. In fact you've yeah. got Aberdeen sitting in second or something in ah, yeah. oh, <laughs> Yep, yep. Right. Yeah, uh, I, so. I wrote a screen on the based on the, your predictions in the, the SPL predictor and you can see how the league would look and I remember <laughs> when I looked at John's he had Aberdeen in second place <laughs> that looked good to me I thought yeah. that looked good <laughs> um, I, well, that's the third time we've beat Dundee United in the league this season yeah apparently it's the first uh, time you've, you've whitewashed them at least since we went uh, to the, the playing each other four times a season so I knew it I was at the, the first game at Pataudry in the season when we beat them 3-0 um, and then we beat them just after New Year at uh, the Carrie Harrison goal, the bell turf them about 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, and then on Saturday there as well. So it, it's doesn't mean that, but it doesn't mean as much in the kind of grand scheme of things now because the the new firm, okay, they are maybe still classed as a new firm, but Dundee United are top six pushing for the for Europe, whereas we're in the bottom half. Um, we do have obviously the semi-finals to look forward to the weekend, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I think the game itself, there was a couple of maybe questionable decisions with regards to penalties. I, I don't. I think if the penalties have been given, it would been quite soft. The one, no, I think it was Clark Robertson and Scott Robertson collided. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think of the, of the two they were looking for, that was maybe the one at least that had contact. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I, it was. I, what you say it would have been soft. I, I, it's one of them. Probably if it was other end, you might have been shouting for it, but at the same time, you'd understood maybe if you didn't get it. Um, and then there was the other one. I can't quite remember the other one just now, I'll be honest. Uh, there was two, there was two defenders went up for a ball, and I think Daly was in between them, and he just kind of got sandwiched between them and fell down. I don't think yeah. it was Witcher. I don't think it was anything it, to be honest. So um, when, but... when did you sign Willow Flood, John? <laughs> <laughs> what? I <laughs> was... <laughs> It was a very, very bizarre pass back. I, I, I don't know if it was for his goalie or not, but yeah, he didn't look up at all and just panicked. <laughs> when was that? When he done the, uh, he got the ball at the edge of the box and was was walking the ball forward and seemed to be very composed. And then a, a player came came too close to him and he panicked and just decided to pass it back and he went straight to Stephen Hughes, who. To be honest, he had two defenders either side of him, so it's no surprise really that he didn't get the shot that he was looking for. But yeah, it was just a bizarre back pass. I don't know. Well, is that not your look like Willow Flood? Some might <laughs> say that I look like Willow Flood. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Darren Mackey. <laughs> I, I think we were talking about the goal earlier of the, yeah. the most awkward goal ever. Probably not the most awkward goal he's ever scored though, because there was the the one with Alan Combe. When he threw it, threw it against his head, <laughs> and it went in. Do you remember that one? I do. A, a few years back. A few years back. Um, 
that might be the last goal Darren Mackey scored actually. Um, no, uh, that was the first goal we'd score, first league goal we'd scored in almost two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, uh, it does. It, 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 it's one of those. It surprised me, but it kind of never surprised me when I thought about it. But aye, for awkward goals, I think he was doing the. You know how Karate Kid, Mister Miyagi's teaching him on the the pole, and he does the kind of that kick. Yeah. It was kind of like a bit like that. Aye. If Daniel um, so, had fallen off the pole, yeah. Aye. So maybe, maybe this this week in training, Craig Brown will be like dressed up as Miyagi, and I'll be like sweep, sweep the defence, sweep, sweep. <laughs> so aye, that's that's the training for this week for Aberdeen. I'm just going to watch wax and cars. I'm just going to watch Karate Kid. Wax um, on, wax on. <laughs> um, so no, but I well, he's come in the last two games actually, Darren Markey, and. I don't know whether he might, whether Brown might start him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether he's maybe. I think Fallon's maybe got a knock, and he's maybe been getting rested for the last couple of games. But it's, I don't know. It. It. I don't know what. What. I'm interested to see what the team lineup will be at the weekend, because on Saturday we had a few players on the bench like Anderson, Arison, and Fivey, who I think probably if Brown's picking his best team on maybe reputation, those three would be playing. But then. Do you change it when you've won three one against the, t- the fo- one of the form teams in the league? Um, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. It's a nice um, headache to have. It is. Yeah. It's better than previous years when you're like, oh, we've not got enough players for a first eleven. Probably. I mean, I remember last year the semi-finals going into them and thinking we could do with some some other numbers. I think we could have probably done about thirteen players for both games actually, and we still might have not won. Um, but we've got no, we've got options definitely. I'm glad Stephen Hughes is. Uh, looking good, I think. He's shown some nice touches. That's um, a good sign, and he's a he's a quality mm-hmm. player who I'm sure he's a Scotland international from back in his Rangers days. Yeah, yes, yeah. And he had a wee bit of creativity, a wee bit of something different that we've been lacking, I think, since Milsom got injured. Um, and then, well, or uh, Pernas again for Dundee United. He had a pretty kind of bit of a howler. Um, That's he, it, he had, yeah. yeah, he had two in there. The earlier game at Pataudry as well. Usually he is a pretty reliable keeper, um, but I, I don't know what he was doing doing there. Um, just, he just he flapped it across, basically, and didn't quite reach it. Nope, you was, that. You're that far out for your goal. It's an easy tap in for Clark. Yeah. Um, that's another guy, Chris Clark. He, he's, I don't know, I don't know whether he'll play at the weekend or not. Um, and then we had Ryan Jack with a header, you know, as well, towards the yeah. end. So I think that was pretty... Thing. Poorly defended, I thought. I mean, it seemed to bounce two or three times before it got to Jack, was, and it was an easy header. It bounced before few anyone even tried to go for it, so yeah, it was uh, terrible. Terrible. There was, a few, there was a few of them at the weekend. I noticed it in a couple of other games, I think I've got. When it comes to the games, I'll probably have it in my notes anyway. But Yeah, Dunfermline, uh, I think there was one incident uh, in the Rangers game as well. There was one where the, the defender and the attacker both jumped, and it just kind of went over the top of them before Little's goal. I mean, that's something you get taught at kids' football. Don't let the ball bounce. Exactly. In the box. Yeah. Um, but, no, um, we, we won. Um, in terms of, like, seeing the highlights, you don't know how much how much better, whether we we'll are kind of deserving of 3-0 or not. Um, but it's definitely a positive going into the game because I was worried in terms of the three previous games that we'd not scored and we were going back to old ways. Yeah. But I think that I think this team has got a wee bit more resilience, a wee bit more about them. Um, and I think... In terms of Saturday, I think it's going to be a cracking game, actually, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much between them. And... So, well, looking on the, the flip side of that, and uh, Dundee United, uh, John Daly scored again. He's back to well, he's joint top of the, the SPL top scorer this season. Yep. Like, like the Hooper getting two earlier in the day, it moved them ahead of him, but the, the goal that Daly got moved them both on 18. So, like a total ding-dong going on there for the last five games of the season. It is, yeah. A candidate for Player of the Year, I would think. John Daly has just won the, the SPL Player of the Month for March, which is well-deserved, I think. I think I, I've mentioned before in the podcast, I'm a big fan yeah. of his. Yeah. Uh, Peter Houston got the, the Manager of the Month as well, which is probably a, a typical curse when it comes to SPL managers, because generally you win that and then you lose your next game. And yeah. Sure enough. <laughs> I think they got the, the, the triple, didn't they? Was it Mackay Stephen? The, the yeah, Mackay Stephen's yeah. young player again but for the second month in a row Yeah, oh, I definitely agree with that award as well So looking at the predictions I went 2-0 to Dundee United I just didn't see anything other than a United win John went 1-1 Chris 
you surprisingly went for a 2-1, as you did with all the other games. But you went 2-1 United. Yeah, I mean, well, it was one of those ones, the stats just didn't really say anything other than United. Yeah, right. United were pushing for a seventh win, something they've never done. Yeah. Sorry, seventh in a row. And, well, they've not done it again, so. <laughs> so the next game up is Dunfermline against Hearts, which finished 2-1 to Hearts. I think from what I've seen in the, the highlights anyway, Hearts looked very comfortable. I think Dunfermline's it's just a bomb scare at the back. I touched on the, the ball bouncing in the in the defence, and it's it's just terrible to be honest. I worse than schoolboy at, at times, but then, well, the credit to them, they they are they have racked up some points. The SPL, they're deserving of the their SPL status for the time being anyway. But this defeat against Hearts, especially with Hibs picking up a point, it doesn't look good at all. Uh, seven points a difference now, that's not looking good. No, it's, it's it's looking pretty dire for Dunfermline, I think. The good news is they get to play the teams that are in the bottom six now, but so the Hibs, that's the problem they've got. That's they kind of needed to be on Hibs coattails going into the last five, and I, I just think seven points is a bit much. They just need to they need to beat Hibs, that's it. They, yeah, unfortunately yeah. that isn't until the second last game of the split. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, that might be coming too late for them. If they're still seven points behind by the time that comes in, they're already down. Yep. So I was on, on Twitter at the, the weekend and I, I seen Laurie. He wasn't too happy about Ian Black's booking. He, I'm not surprised. <laughs> see, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've looked at the tackle. I think that technically Black gets the ball, yeah. So the, we were always told if you get the ball first, then it doesn't really matter what happens after that. If you take the guy, then it's still a legit tackle. But I, I can see why the referee felt it was a booking because it did look a bit dangerous. It, it almost, and this is going to sound a wee bit strange, but it almost seemed that he got the ball and then did the tackle, if you if you know what I mean, just the way that he, he followed through. So I've seen them, I've seen them being given as a booking, I've seen them given as a foul, I've seen them just waving play on. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't get too worked up about it myself, but then Laurie does like Ian Black. <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with him. I love I'm 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 a warrior in this one. It's a it's a twenty twelve booking. It's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. It's one of these things that he's been in with one leg, not two, so it's not a two footed challenge. Mm-hmm. He's taking the ball pretty cleanly and his momentum's carried him into the player and taking everything out. Now a few years ago you'd looked at that and went, Oof, that's a cracking tackle. Yep. And now you're looking at it going, Oof, he's getting booked. Yeah, and I, it's, I think it's... It's one of those... Because you get caught out with it so often now, you kind of need to stop doing it. But if everybody stops doing it, I think football's going to lose something because it's just been... It's it's just getting progressively more like an non-contact sport. This is one of these challenges I'd like to see kept in the game. And I think I think Laurie would agree with me on that one, but... It's one of, it's our, one of our strengths, really, as a, as a nation, is is really to, to go into tackles like that hard... If you know what I mean, we we are taught that from a young age. So if that is taken out of the game, we are definitely going to suffer. Uh, right now, I'm not sure what the the kids are, uh, today are taught now, but yeah, I was always taught to to basically give the give the attacker a wee reminder that you're there. Give him give him a wee reminder what's con- what's to come for the next ninety minutes. <laughs> See, I would say giving him a wee reminder that you're there is something completely different. It's <laughs> just giving him a wee dunt the first couple of minutes. I'm just I'm just thinking back to Vinnie Jones reminder on Gaza. Yeah. That, that was a that was an altogether different reminder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was I mentioned that uh, Dunfermline it was a, a bit of a comedy of errors at the back. But Jordan McMillan uh, uh, the ball seemed to bounce off his off his back to set up Scatchel. It's, it's something that you don't often see a, a defender didn't know where the ball was and it just looked easy, to be honest, for him to do something with it, but I just terrible. Well, we were slating while well, uh, Flood earlier on, but his uh, pretty poor pass back, but it was one just at the end of the first half for Austin McCann as well that nearly sent uh, Gary Glenn in. Yeah, it was a, as a header, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it was one of those ones you think, does Austin McCann still think he's playing for Hearts? <laughs> yeah. What about Joe Cardo's goal, though? The spinning turn. Oh, the Cruyff turn. That's, that's that See if that if that's in if that's in down south or if that's in Spain, that would be getting showed on TV about ten times in repeat. Yeah, I'd like here, to think it's... it was in Soccer AM's uh, showboating stuff. You hope so. I don't know if they still do that, but yeah. 
I will mention but, it early, uh, later on, but yeah, Aluko as well. He had a, a nice wee, nice wee move. But yeah, yeah. I don't watch the, uh, don't watch that now to be honest. No, no doubt. You got born uh, a long time ago. <laughs> Georgie Thompson was on the Channel Four on Sunday morning. Oh. I love Joy. Love Joy's show. Ah, it's too late now, isn't it, John? Thanks for telling us ah. at the time, eh? <laughs> I, I, told, I told you last Sunday. I told you last Sunday that that programme had started on Channel 4. Sunday brunch. Ah, but you didn't tell me that Georgie Thompson was going to be on it if I knew that. Do you want me to set your reminders every week? Well, just if she's on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was her and, uh, was it Natalie Pinkham or something like that? So the two of them, it was like two for one. Right, I'm going to be on 4OD. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the, the game finished 2-1 to Hearts. I went yeah, it was 2-1 for... goals, actually. It was, uh, I, I was reading about this this morning, that the the first goal has been given to uh, Keddie as an own goal, rather than, uh, I think it was Barr had originally been given it. Sorry, second, the Hearts goal. Second Gary Hearts. Glenn was the first, was it not? Was it not Gary uh, Glenn? Aye, Gary Glenn got the first, first goal, yep. but uh, Barr got the second one originally and aye, changed aye. to being a Keddie own goal, yeah, which yeah. is probably right for what I've seen in the highlights. The BBC and of course, were a bit confused, to be honest. They weren't really yeah. sure who got it. And of course, Zalioukis is on the, the score sheet again in his own net. That's apparently both Keddie and Zalioukis got three own goals this season, leaving Stephen Craig in behind on two. See, I think that, as a defender myself, I think that I've got to stick up for Zalikas. I think that you have to go for the ball. You can't you can't leave that to, to go across the face of your yeah. own goal. You have to go for it. It's just a risk you take. Yeah, I, I, I think the same with Keddie because he's challenging a, a Hearts player at the time. In fact, he's, he's challenging Barr. That's what it was initially given for him. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't go for that, Barr's got a tap in with the header. So it's, I don't think either of those own goals is anything other than just bad luck. Yeah, yeah. So I'd went... 2-0 to Hearts, so I would have got one point in the predictor. John, you went 2-0. Chris, you went 2-1, but you'd taken leave of your senses and you'd went for a Dunfermline <laughs> home victory. It gets better than that. After the podcast, I didn't even put the that in the predictor. I put one each. Because <laughs> I thought better of it. I thought, there's no way Dunfermline are going to get this. <laughs> I still got it wrong. <laughs> so next game up is Rangers against St Mirren, which Rangers won at a canter. 3-1. I think McCulloch scored after about 44 seconds, which is a a beautiful way to start a game. Uh, there was penalties galore in this game. I think there was... That's what happens with wages I played. The thing is, yeah, if, you, if you're on Twitter, I, I was viewing some Celtic fans and there was a, some conspiracy theories going about about Rangers getting penalties, but I thought that they were all penalties, to be honest. Yeah. I they all they, they were to be fair. I was I thought, just Aluko, I think it's just because it was Willie Collum, to be honest. If you see Willie Collum's referee in the Rangers game, you can pretty much guarantee he's gonna be penalties on it. But it was the same I think it was Dundee United last season. It was like he, he gave about three penalties I get for Rangers and every time it was a penalty given a Dundee United player gets sent off. But he, when you seen it back, every one of them was a penalty. Every one of them was a goal scoring opportunity. It was yeah. it's just I think it's just Willie Collum's bad luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that Aluko made the made the most of the, the first penalty incident. He was definitely caught, but I just yeah, don't like silly this one. silly wee swan dive that they do. <laughs> I think Thompson had realised that he was about to lose the ball and was a bit rash in what he was doing. So, yeah, penalty. But like you say, Edu made the most made the most of it. <laughs> just so I don't get confused, I've actually wrote down in my notes that Stephen Thompson midfielder. <laughs> just because <laughs> I do get easily confused. I never noticed what one it was. <laughs> Yeah, right. So to f- forgetting about the football, right? Because we talk about that too much. Forgetting that, let's talk about fashion, right? What's McGregor what? doing wearing an outfield top and goals? <laughs> Did you not spot? He's it? a skint. That's what it is. He's <laughs> can't afford goalkeeper tops. I never spotted if it had his name on the back or not, or whether it was just a blank one. But yeah, it's, that's the first time I've seen him in an outfielder top. I think more of them should do that. I think that's a great idea. Aye, you wear the away top or something like that. Yeah. Oh, third kit. what we should do is we should go back to was it George Campos who used to just design his own <laughs> goalie tops for the, in the World Cup. I, yeah. I think he got Picasso to design his, his top. I, des- I think he just put a white dark. top in a, a paint factory and blew it up. <laughs> yeah. Aye, that's what we want to see more of. Definitely. Yeah, so I thought that Lafferty will be chuffed. He scored the penalty with his first touch. Aye. I mean, somebody had to score a penalty, I suppose. Yeah. McGowan scored a penalty. It did. I see the, the secret. I was oh, studying McGowan's good. technique quite quite in depth, and it's, it's all about the the run up. He's been watching Roberto Carlos, and he knows that the secret is a long run up. 
See, no. he, he's basically back at the halfway line. It's all in the eyes. It's in the eyes. He was tired out by the time he reached the ball. <laughs> Let's talk about Roberto Carlos later when we're talking about the Hibs game. Oh, yes. Ga- is it Ga- Gambi? What's his name? Is it Gambi? Kujabi. Kujabi. Yeah. It uh, sounds yeah, like but... a mispronunciation of my surname, to be honest. <laughs> See, the thing is, we'll, we'll get to the, the Hibs game, but yeah, I watched it last night when I was in the pub. and mm, It's a bit hazy. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> We'll take care of it, don't worry. <laughs> so, so in the, the predictor for the Rangers game, I'd went 2-0 to Rangers. John, you went 2-2. Chris, you went 2-1. So you were close, Chris. That wasn't bad. That's as close as I got, Audrey. John, you were... I think, you were just just to finish off the, the, the penalty Rubbish. discussion, Rubbish. I think the Goyan obviously hasn't learned for the Hearts game that you can't molest a player in the box. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my favourite comment for sports scene last night had to be when... Uh, Pat Nevin described Mayor's Phil and McCulloch as McCulloch being cute. <laughs> McCulloch and cute are two words that should never be used together, ever. <laughs> I think you should write a letter in. <laughs> Ach, if I wrote a letter complaining about other than Pat Nevin, I'd say they'd have sore hands. <laughs> so the, the final game on Saturday was St Johnson against Inverness. And if you looked in the, the face of it, the, the result was a Paul Band, a nil-nil, so you think, aye, boring game, nothing much to see here. But the highlights, I seem to suggest otherwise. I thought that both teams looked really good. I think Inverness particularly looked good in the first half. St. Johnson maybe came into it a bit more, especially Sandaza had a couple of good chances. But, but yeah, it looked a really good game for a nil-nil. Uh, I hate to say it, Craig, but you know, I think Sandaza was a bit rubbish. <laughs> I... See, the thing is, he did do a good defensive header. To be fair to him, I think he was denied a penalty because uh, there was a one he got in behind the defence. I don't know why he took so long to even think about taking a shot. He but the time the he keeper, did, yeah. bundled him over. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was watching that because yeah, it did look like a penalty, but I think he got the ball first. Yeah, he did. Shoulder, he did shoulder. barge him, but he got the ball. So yeah, again. It, I've seen them given. Aye. It's just one it could go either way. I can I can take the point. Yeah. So what about uh, Manus when he was he seemed to be playing hot potato <laughs> in the box is <laughs> made about three attempts to catch it and he couldn't and he ended up just flapping it away. <laughs> well I got it clear. <laughs> yeah. So in the, the predictor, I went two 0 to St Johnson. John, you went one one, so you would have got a point. Chris, you went 2-1. You kept up your 2-1 run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, S- Sunday's game is Hibs against Motherwell. And I was in the pub last night having a few beers as I was cheering on Bubba Watson and the Masters. And I thought, right, OK, well, I'll have one eye on sports scene on the other TV and I'll just need to try my hardest to remember what goes on. And the truth is, no, can't remember anything about this game other than the scoreline, 1-1. But yeah, over to you guys. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of watched it when it was on live at the time, and it's it's been two decent strikes in the in the game. Connor's free kicks an absolute belter. Uh, it was, I think the time that it less than a second between it leaving his foot and finishing in the back of the net. But there is one thing that really bothered me about it. When you watch the replay, you can see a Motherwell defender run in front of Darren Randolph's vision just as O'Connor's hitting it. What is that defender even doing? <laughs> see, I, I didn't see. I, it, so. Not good. Um, I was. Regarding the free kick, though, I was O'Connor and Griffiths were both standing over it, and I decided to put a few bets on the game yesterday. And I was going, "Come on, Griffiths, come on, come on, come on!" And then O'Connor went and scored, didn't he? That was a great free kick. And then there was the Babetto celebration, the wee baby. Yeah. Well, that's going like back a bit, isn't it? The like nineteen ninety World Cup, I think it was. Ninety four. Was it USA? Right, yeah. USA. The like a wee Babetto, rock the baby Who, celebration. Was that O'Connor? Has he become a dad? Yeah. I think he had it on his, his, his football boots as well. He had the wee embroidery to say the oh, birth of the baby. See, I've never really got into that, to be honest. I've, I play football with some guys who have got their name on their boots. To, to be honest, I'm not good enough for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I had my name on my boots for a while. Did you? <laughs> yeah. They were a Christmas present. <laughs> see, I, nah, I just think I'm, nah, I'm better off just keeping as low-key as possible on a football pitch. Oh no, but I'm back to like just playing black. <laughs> I hear you got injured the other day, Chris. Oh, aye, another grindstone. Aye, that's it. That's what happens with age. I know. What, about the, what happened with 
Was that the football or was that off the football? Was that... Oh, that was Wednesday last week. Picked up another groin strain. That's pretty much my common injury. I'm really annoyed about it because I, I thought I'd stretched enough this time. No. Yeah, so I've been for another six months now. Aye. So I'm just uh, I'm watching the highlights just now. To be honest, it's coming up for the. <laughs> I've, I've got some notes here. I've got some notes here. The free kick. I've got a wee bit of detail. All right. Well, we just laugh at Kajabi while uh, Craig catches up with. Oh, that. <laughs> that was a bullet of a free kick. That was an absolute cracker. Did they go for a corner? Did they go for? Did the corner flag? Was it a throw in at hat? <laughs> I see what you mean about the defender. What is he defending? What's he doing? What, what is he doing? Is he think he's going to save it himself? I've no idea. It's just it's madness. Yeah. He's not marking anybody. There's nobody over there. <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah. What about start getting a sore one from Page? Oh yeah, I th- the first booking. As a uh, uh, someone in my house said, I think he got him on the willy. <laughs> and then and then, then proceeded to ask me do you think they put a bandage around it I was like I don't and I said, I said no I don't think so oh it's it's, it's, it's a dangerous of being in goals the amount of times that's happened to me you go you go out and you, you spread yourself waiting for the shot and they just hit it and bam that's it you know the sickness is coming you just you yeah. kick the ball away as quick as possible because you know it's coming I'll be honest, I find that happens to me outfield more than it happens to me in goals. See, your problem is, Chris, you don't turn your back when somebody hits a shot. <laughs> the worst that happens is it hits your bum. <laughs> That's my defensive masterclass. <laughs> Never turn your back. Never turn your back. So in the predictor, I went 2-1 to Motherwell, so I was totally wrong. John, you went 2-1, and Chris, you went 2-1. Yep. So yeah, not very good there. It's, uh, it's it's looking all very good for the 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 battle for thirty six, don't it? Because that's like Motherwell were looking to maybe extend on the, the the wee gap between the, the chasing pack, but obviously they only got managed a draw. But with St Johnson only managing a draw and Dundee United getting beat, it's pretty much been a good weekend for Hearts because they've kind of closed up. There's seven points between Motherwell and third and Hearts and seventh, uh, sixth. So these last five games, where last season it was pretty much Celtic Rangers has beat everybody. This season it's going to be a it's uh, the, the other teams in the, the top six that are where the, all the action is going to be. Exactly, and we just don't know what to expect from Celtic now that the, the league's been clinched and well, we've previously talked about the, the under-19s, how well they've been playing. Yeah. We might see Lennon swinging the changes, just freshening things up, trying to get some, some new blood on there. So you, that could obviously lead to some more victories. You, you can't say that mm-hmm. you're going to lose just because you bring in some youngsters, but you just don't know. That yeah, I think I, I think the the top twelves that coming on at half time uh, and the commandment games are saying the things to come because not only did we we get to see him for forty five minutes to set up a goal. <laughs> yeah, aye. But I think I, I think he'll be the first to quite a few in these last five games for Celtic, especially with the the Scottish Cup. Sort of, well, we're either going to have just five games to see out the season, or we're going to have a final to prepare for, depending on what happens this weekend. Yeah. So that's us for the discussing the SPL at the weekend and we've got some good news in the, the Paul Band charity bet. We had £5 on Aloha, Ross County, Celtic and Hearts all to win and it came in. So yeah, really chuffed with that. Managed to get odds. It worked out at the £5 on would have got £50 and 98 pence back. So that's been added to the pot which was sitting at about £87. So yeah, well chuffed with that. It's the second week in a row. Yep, brilliant. And on a related note, that means that uh, of those victories, I was victory, saw them clinch the, the third division championship, so congratulations to Paul Hartley and his team. It's his, uh, a managerial title in his uh, first season. That's not bad yep. going. And what a way to do it, 8-1 at home. Yeah, that's I thought it's stonking result. I thought Celtic's result was good, but that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, aye, what, what a way to win it. Brilliant. So this week, Paul Band Charity Bet is going back to Paul Band this time, because last week it was John that picked it, so well done John for last week. Cheers, no worries. This week it's Paul Band, and there's no SPL this coming weekend, and he's decided to avoid the, the Scottish Cup. I think it's, it's too difficult to call, so he's went for the second and third division. He's got East Fife to beat Albion. He's got Cowdenbeath to beat Stirling. 
that's top v bottom so i think that's fairly safe he's got our broth to beat forfa i think a second versus eighth i think so should be okay there and in the third division got queen's park to beat montrose so i've not got the odds at my fingertips this week because ladbrooks aren't very quick at updating their, their matches in, in scotland anyway but I'll get £5 on that and hopefully we'll we'll make it three weeks in a row for the charity pot. So the, this weekend I mentioned that there's no SPL games. That's because it's a Scottish Cup semi-finals. And the, the first game up the weekend is Aberdeen against Hibs. It's a quarter past 12 kick-off, which is ideal for the, the travelling Aberdeen support. And it's live on Sky Sports 1. John, are you going? I am good, yeah. Um, I'm starting to get nervous, I think. About, I mean, we've all got a great record in the semi-finals over recent years. Um, fair, that's last. because you keep playing us. <laughs> well, there was that last year, but there was also, remember, Queen of the South oh, yeah. um, as well. <laughs> so, I, I, that way I want to be optimistic, but if I'm usually when I'm optimistic, that's when we don't win. So, I, no, I, do, I think it's going to be a tight game. As I said earlier, um, I don't think there's much between us and Hibs. Um, in terms of the game itself, I expect it'll probably be quite tight. Um, I noticed there was an interview with Rory Fallon um, on the BBC website, and he reckons it's he, he put it himself that it's probably not going to be a pretty game, and it could be one of those games that it's a mistake that ends up winning it as opposed to a moment of brilliance. Uh, to be honest, I don't care how we score. If, it, yeah. Graham's, if, Graham, if Graham Stark wants to throw the ball off Darren Mackey's head, that'll be <laughs> nice. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take anything I'll, off his bum, anything. Um, I it's one of the, I don't know I don't know how you're feeling yourself Chris about semi final um, against Hearts but the, the week before when you're going to a semi final you're just like just you just hope the team do you justice um, and they turn up on the day because last year in both the semi finals for us anyway against Celtic we just I don't think we turned up either game if they turn up and get a good early start that that's all you can ask if they come on if they come off the pitch and they've given it all and we don't win at least you can then say right well they put in everything to it. But I think last year just we just did they turn up. I know Celtic played well, but we, we just let let Celtic play this year. I hope we're right in there from the start. I don't think Craig Brown will allow it this year to, to to not happen that we're we're pumped up for the game. Um, yeah, I mean to be honest, when it comes to Scottish Cup and like the League Cup, it's, it's even the League Cup. If you're in the semi-final, it doesn't matter how you play. It's whether you make it the final or not. Exactly. And th- nothing epitomises that better than Kilmarnock because. What Kilmarnock sat in the League Cup on the sideboard now, having played the, the semi-final against there, it was turgid, it was pretty poor going for both sides. It took uh, uh, Dean Shields to batter his way in through the, the goal for about five minutes for time. It was just, it's one of those semi-finals you instantly forget, but when it comes yeah. down to it, Kilmarnock have the, the trophy. That's what they're going to remember, not the, the semi-final that got them there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if Aberdeen can scrape their way through, then I think you'll be more than happy. I mean, I will be. I mean, I, I do expect it's going to be a tight affair. I, I can't see like last year there been a lot, of, like there been a lot of goals for either team. It's just, it might be a mistake, but it might be a I don't know a moment of brilliance. But I just hope we, we turn up. That, that's all I hope. Yeah. That we, <laughs> we put in the effort. I'm not saying last year they never put in the effort, but I just think they were. I don't know. There was co- they were lacking confidence last year, whereas this year I think the team, as I said earlier, I think they've got something about them. Whereas where they they think right, we've got a chance here, and that's no matter who they're playing. I mean, we've had good performances this year against Celtic Rangers. You know, most teams the only team I think we've not really performed that well against is Hearts. Um, everyone else we've been we've not been pretty to watch. It's been tight, not attractive football, which a lot of fans I know aren't happy about. But at the same time, we're in a cup semi final, we're one game away from a final, and. I think if if we get to the final, the fans will kind of obviously get on board. I mean, there's, I'll, I'll, I think it'll be a close to a sellout Saturday. Both both clubs fancy their chances, um, and that's probably going to be a, a better semi final than last year. But I, but I think most people probably went thinking, well, Celtic are probably going to win. Yeah. So but John, this year. going to push you for a, a score prediction. Oh, um, one. I think one 0 to Aberdeen. One 0 I think I've got to agree with you there. I, I just can't see. I think that for both teams, this is the this could be the, the end of their season. Basically, I don't think Hibs are are going to be too concerned about the relegation threat from Dunfermline. I think they've got enough of a gap. So I think both teams are going to be going out and, and treating it this as their season. But I, I just think Aberdeen's got too much quality 
I think I think they're going to win. I'm going to go for a two-one victory to Aberdeen. Chris, what are you thinking? Um, it's just really difficult this one. I think. I mean, if you'd asked me before the weekend there with Aberdeen not being able to score goals, I'd have went straight for Hibs to be honest. Because Hibs are quite capable of scoring goals. The problem Hibs have got is they can't stop conceding them either. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to extra time. And I think... <sighs> Alright, just to be different, I'll say Hibs will edge it 2-1. It's, 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 too, it's really close to call. I think, I think Hibs to edge it an extra time. 2-1. 2-1. Right, that's your, your eighth 2-1 in a row. <laughs> Looking back. It's technically one each. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on to the Sunday's game, which is Celtic versus Hearts, and it's a 12.45 kickoff, and it's on Sky Sports 2. I think the, the Celtic are going to be buoyant after clinching the, the title. I think that winning 6-0 is going to have any team flying, and I think that's going to continue into this one. Hearts, I'm just, yeah, I'm not too confident for them. So I'm going to go for a, a Celtic victory to get them to the final and, and I think Lennon will have, have learned after Kilmarnock that you, you can't discount whoever you're playing uh, Hearts are obviously a very good team but uh, you can't definitely shouldn't be counting your chickens I think you'll, you'll have them in the right frame of mind going into this I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory to Celtic <laughs> I think he's just got them flying uh, well I, I would agree. I, I think if Celtic play like they did against Kilmarnock on Saturday there there isn't a team in Scotland can touch them. They just that's how well they played. Now whether they play that way again, I don't know. The trouble for Hearts is the last time we played that well was pretty much against Hearts <laughs> in the four 0 game at Tynecastle. We were absolutely brilliant that night. Uh, I think Hearts definitely missed Ian Black that, that night, and um, I, I think I'm fairly sure he's eligible to play this time. He's not suspended in. And if that's the case, we, we should see a different Hearts because he seems to run their midfield. Mm-hmm. Um. Whether that will be enough to stop Celtic, it depends what Celtic turn up, but I, I, can't, I, I can't see us not being up for it now. If, I, again, if it had been last week, I'd have been a bit more concerned about it because we hadn't really been playing too well recently and Hearts are always quite capable of beating us. But I think, nah, I, I, I think I'm going to see I'm going to say 3 1 Celtic with us. I, just, I can see us being up for it and finishing the job, getting us to the final. John, what are you thinking? Uh, well, just as a, a wee kind no, I, well, I suppose it's kind of start. It's interesting that the two teams that are in the semi-final, Celtic and Hearts, the last two times that Aberdeen won the Scottish Cup, 1990 it was against Celtic, and 1986 it was against Hearts. So just a wee good start. Good start there. Um, I, I think Celtic should win. They should. Have, I think after the result on Saturday when they, when they won the championship, that should boost their confidence. I know people have said before that. In the kind of big games, maybe Celtic don't kind of maybe perform as well. But I think the fact that they're maybe one game away from a po- well, two games away from a possible double, should mean that they'll have enough about them to win. In terms of score, it could be another tight one again. Um, before the, the game on Saturday, when Celtic won six 0 they'd gone through a wee bit of a kind of loss of form. I think mm-hmm. in terms of the kind of draw, a couple of draws, a couple of losses. Uh, I think I'll go two one for Celtic. Right. Just as an aside, the last time we played Hearts in the semi-final, we beat them 2-1. That was 2005, and then we went on and beat Dundee United in the final. <laughs> but you didn't go for 2-1 this time, Chris? No, no, I'm going for 3-1, because <laughs> I'm confident. <laughs> so and when I'm confident, that usually means we get beat. Are you going? So just, <laughs> I am, yes, yes. I am. Whereabouts are you sitting? Uh, I believe I'm in the south stand, which is, means I'm not behind the goal, which means I'll be able to see the action. I won't need binoculars. I know Laurie was on Twitter earlier complaining he's in the West End. <laughs> and he, he will need binoculars. <laughs> oh, it's just Hamden's, I don't think it's anybody's favourite stadium. It's just, it's, it's See, terrible for a national stadium, actually. To, to I don't it. mind it if I'm at pitch side. If I'm behind the goal, it's a nightmare, but if I'm pitch side, it's, I think it's quite good. Yeah, I, I agree, Chris. The yeah. problem I've got with Hamden is I don't see the need for it in Glasgow, because we've already got two big stadiums. I would almost be happier if the National Stadium was Murrayfield or something. Yeah. Or and, we and don't even need a National Stadium. It's like plenty, plenty of other teams don't have a National Stadium. Like yeah, other exactly. It's, I mean, it's, it's only just... really Scotland and England that have a proper yeah. National This is the National Stadium. This is what it's used for. I mean, like countries like Spain, they take it on the road all the time. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. So they play a game at the and the Bernabeu, and then they play. I think they played uh, Scotland and Alicante the last time we played them, yeah. which was good for the holidaymakers. <laughs> just in terms of like, if I could just uh, say about the the weekend in the the Scottish Cup semi-finals, it's also the semi-finals of the Junior Scottish Cup as well. Um, and this week, well, it's a two-leg affair. So this Sunday, uh, the two matches are Bonnie Rig v Talbot, Auckland Talbot, mm-hmm. who I also go and watch. Some of you may know. Yep. Um, and also as well, shots Bon Accord versus Largs. Uh, both of them are three o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Um, and then the following week on the Saturday, on the twenty-first of April, um, it's the reverse ties on the Saturday, three p.m. So I've got two semi-finals to look forward to this weekend. Cool. Right. Enjoy your. Cla- Did they clash? <laughs> they don't, thankfully. Um, I've, got, I've, I've got the sa- Saturday. I've got the Aberdeen game, and then Sunday I've got the Talbot game. You maybe be able to see the Celtic game. Celtic Hearts game prior to going as well if it's a three o'clock I think we're going through it's through in Bonnie Rigg so I think we're going through maybe it's going to 12 o'clock so we might catch a second half maybe I don't know mm-hmm. um, so we'll see what happens aye that'd be good Talbot right. are going for our 10th uh, Scottish Junior Cup as well if they get to the final yeah I first ever... need to give us updates <laughs> in the next podcast yeah I mean well, the, do, the yeah. first ever Junior Cup final I remember watching I'm fairly sure Talbot won it they used to show it in STV. Aye, yeah. they did, aye. It always confused me. Like, These guys are not juniors. They're aging them. I think we've all done that at some point. Yeah. So that's us got to the, the end of the, the Scottish Cup and uh, the Junior Cup preview there. And it's got to the end of the podcast as well. So thanks for coming on once again, guys. Right, thanks for uh, inviting me on as usual. Cheers. Cheers. Do I still get invited? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you officially get invited. Or I'm sure one week I said that you were a co-host because you have been promoted. But the pay stays the same, really. The, con- the conditions are the same. It's, yeah. He's getting paid? What's this? What? <laughs> paid? Ah, the pay stays the same. It's still zero. Uh, still nothing. Oh, right, that's all right. That's all right. That's why Greg's not here this evening because he, there's a pay dispute. He, oh. he's wanting to actually be paid he's turning into a bit of a celebrity oh, he's no packet energy are we breaking the, the lines here are we scabs oh. he's got oh. a following in our broth and, and leaf <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, thanks again guys eh? right, and I'll speak to you next week yep. cheers, cheers. Right, cheers. bye bye, bye.